Welcome, 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 and happy Monday, beautiful souls, and welcome to You Uplifted, the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. My name is Safa, I am your host, and I am an intuitive healer, as well as a women's health and wellness life coach, and I've got a delightful interview in store for you today. Now, if you've been listening to the show from the beginning, you know that I tend to refer to myself not just as an introvert and an empath, but also an HSP. And that particular term, HSP, may mean absolutely nothing to you or you may perk up the second someone brings it up. It's definitely not as well known as empathy or introversion and extroversion yet, but I think that with more and more research and the more we talk about it, the more people will get to discover exactly what it is. And that is what my guest is here to talk to us about today. Now, my guest's name is Nicole Burgess. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and an empowerment coach to introverted, sensitive, highly achieving professional women. She is also the host of Soul Filled Sisterhood podcast and founder of the Self Care Summit, Improve Your Bottom Line and Your Personal Life. Over the last 15 years, she has coached, guided, and collaborated with more than a thousand women. She helps them demote their inner critic, embrace their fears through action, and grow professionally without sacrificing their professional life. As a result, they are more productive at work, have more meaningful relationships, and no longer sacrifice their well-being for others. Nicole is absolutely lovely, and I really think you are going to learn a whole lot, not just about HSB, but how to be graceful with ourselves and so much more. So without further ado, here is the lovely Nicole. Well, welcome, Nicole. Welcome to You Uplifted, and uh, what a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, I am so excited to be here, Safa, and have our conversation today. I know. I like to do this thing at the beginning of the show, right, where I get my guests to give us a little bit about themselves and how they got to where they are today. Would you be willing to share with us? Absolutely. Like so many other your guests, right? It's the lovely winding, twisting story. Mm -hmm. So I actually started out as an accountant many, many years ago. And then I became a business analyst and I traveled to different parts of the world doing software implementations and trainings. And no matter where I went, I had people coming to me and telling me their life story. I could be at the library, I could be at the grocery store, I could be sitting in my cubicle. People would sit down and tell me about their relationships, their life, and what was going on. And I had a love of psychology and how the brain worked back in high school, but I was like, nah, I'm getting too old for this. I can't, no, I can't go back to school. I can't go to grad school. And I had minored in psychology when I was in undergrad, when I was doing accounting. And I had a lot of my friends who were supportive, like, dude, totally go back to grad school, totally go to grad school, get this licensing, do what you want to do. So I became a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I moved around a few times um, to the different states here in the U.S. And now I do both clinical 
psychotherapy for teen girls and women who really struggle with wanting to overcome anxiety and there's usually trauma underneath it. And I'm also a leadership or an empowerment coach to the into or the introverted and highly sensitive high achieving woman as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how funny because I'm hearing you speak and in many ways, it's almost like I'm hearing myself. Now, my journey through that was actually slightly different just in the sense that I did want to study child psychology when I was Mm -hmm. in high school, but my counselor took one look at me and said, Safa, you're so empathetic. She's like, please don't do this. You're going to be so devastated every single day. She's like, just look at anything else. She's like, you're so creative. Keep focusing on your acting, keep doing this. And so I did. And in many ways, I'm grateful to her. But it's funny because through the practice of yoga and all of the self-work that I do, as well as my intuitive healing practices, I've landed in a very similar space anyway. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So it's funny how the universe takes these, you're right, these loops and these circuitous routes to get us exactly where we are going to be of most service for everybody. Yeah. I like to say it's like, that's where your soul is calling you. And it doesn't, the soul doesn't stop tapping Mm -hmm. until you really step more into what you were here to do. So yeah, I work, I used to work with little kids and I think that those who are highly uh, empathic and empathetic can really be of service for people in these roles. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. And definitely the soul sometimes doesn't just tap. I feel like sometimes she like almost bulldozes the door down. <laughs> very true. <laughs> right? She's like, come on. In my case, it veered to working with inner child's trauma and a lot of inner mm-hmm. child work, um, which is what I do a lot with my clients and with my one-on-ones and everything. But yeah, I find that very interesting that we mm-hmm. had that similar vein, let's say, in the soul tree. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Nicole, I love your work. And one of the things that struck me most about you was that you spoke so freely and directly about HSPs. And to me, HSP was a word that I wasn't even aware of until I want to say about two years ago. And it was funny because I was right in the middle of one, uh, one more of my Kali faces, as I call them. So it was right in the middle of another breaking. <laughs> and I had spoken to a therapist who had pointed out to me, well, you are like an HSP. And I just looked at her with like a huh face, like, what exactly are you talking about? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners do the same when I reference HSPs. So would you please give us a little bit about what an HSP is and uh, what it means? Yeah. So it's uh, so funny that you discovered it a couple years ago. I did as well. It's like, I knew there was something different about me, but at the same time I thought, oh, maybe that's more of the introversion and that I'm also an NF in the Myers-Briggs assessment. And a few years ago, I had chatted with another colleague of mine, and she was actually in grad school, and they were training on this, or they were talking about being an HSP. So she was educating me, and since then, I really dove into Dr. Elaine Aaron's work. And Dr. Aaron has been doing the research on highly sensitive since the early 90s. And what it means to be highly sensitive, it's about 20% of the population. Some people are thinking that it's a little higher now as we kind of grow in consciousness, but at the same time, it's traits you're born with. So what it is, anybody, most people, I will say that if you've done your Myers-Briggs assessment, and if you have the NF, kind of your, Mm -hmm. the intuitive and feeling in your lettering, Mm -hmm. odds are you may be a highly sensitive person. 
So on Dr. Aaron's website, you can actually go out and take her quiz to kind of find out. But she has four main traits that she'll talk about. And the biggest thing about HSPs is the depth of processing. Not only are we really deep feelers, but it's the depth of processing that we're really known for, that we take in like the whole surroundings of things and just really start to process it and put pieces together and all of that. So the acronym that she has is called DOES which again is the depth of processing. So it's, you know, empathy for others. Um, it's really only found in like a hundred other species, what um, highly sensitive are is that highly sensitive people are. And then the O is the overarousability, meaning you are easily overstimulated or overaroused. You can either be too bored or too overstimulated. You're really looking for that optimal level of what um, works for you. And it can be a little different for everybody. The mm -hmm. E is emotional intensity, which is emotionally responsive or reactive. And what that means is for HSPs, really the mirror neurons and the part of the brain that lights up regarding this is just huge. So we feel like strong, positive emotions even more so than non-HSPs. So if you, you know, some people have noticed like, wow, you really cry easily. <laughs> well, that, that, you know, that's, that may be just because you're touched. So beauty, you can go out into nature. And for me, it's like you watch the hummingbirds fly by. I've got a hummingbird feeder right outside my office window here. And I watch them and some days it just like can totally move me to tears. Mm -hmm. You can go to an art museum and look at a painting and just be totally touched by the depth and the beauty of that. And non-HSPs may look at you like, what is going on? <laughs> Again, nothing wrong with you. You're totally normal. Then the S is the sensory sensitivity. And that usually arises from processing all the stimuli, whether that's the sounds, the, the smells, or even like the lighting. Those when we get all three of those things together, it can put you really into a sensory overload if you're not mindful of that. Like even now as we're recording this podcast, I don't have any lights on. I just have the natural light coming through the window to help because me lights are usually like my thing that I'm like, okay, it's a little too bright. Let's tone that down. Mm -hmm. And I have some colleagues where it's the smells. They can smell so, so well. They're like, Ooh, that's giving me a headache where I'm like, I can't smell that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Again, all different, but those are, that's the acronym that really kind of fits for the HSPs. Mm -hmm. And so apt. And again, this is probably like the, at this point, it's been, I don't know, maybe like the 10th, 12th, 13th time that I've heard that. But mm -hmm. I, I love it because every single time I nod my head furiously, like, yes. yes, yes, I know exactly what this feels like because it's almost, well, did you watch the adaptation of Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton? I think so. Going it's back not, my okay, yeah. it's, not, it's not people's favorite and I understand why. However, one of the things that resonates with me most deeply about the particular film and the reason I'm bringing it up is there's this one scene where the Mad Hatter talks about Alice's muchness. And that's to me a little bit of what it feels like to be in that HSP land is you have this yeah. muchness about you. You've got this ability to hold space so greatly and you can perceive so much so intensely all the time that sometimes it's like, oh gosh, okay, stop. I need a little bit of a break. And as a matter of fact, you and I were talking about that a little bit before the show got started because mm -hmm. is we do the work of as energetic healers. And in your case, as a therapist, we do the work of 
holding space for so many different people in so many different states. And we sometimes resonate very deeply with those emotions and they're already affecting us. Plus then we do the task of working online, working on papers, creating, and then whatever it is that life brings about, all of those things where for like a normal person, it's just business as usual or could be business as usual for us. It's very easy for us to tip over into overwhelm city. Yeah. And and part of what is so important for HSPs to really know is self-care is key. And that could be as simple as closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths Mm -hmm. to help your system, your nervous system to just kind of go, okay, take its own kind of from being overstimulated to calming itself back down again. And that's why also nature is so important, not for nature itself is really a healer and calming source for everyone. But for HSPs, it's one of the most common themes to be like, Oh, I got nature. And I just feel my whole system reset. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah. 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 And I decidedly have seen that in myself, especially over the last two years where I've got moments where it almost feels like a crack. I just crack because I live in the city mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm surrounded by all of this energy all the time. And I'm picking yeah. up so much sensory overload. And there comes a point where I'm just like, oh, I need to get out of the city. I need to get out of the city. So mm-hmm. I, when that happens, I usually just pack up and haul butt to like the first like little <laughs> creek or, or forest I can find because it just becomes so incredibly overwhelming. But also there's something I would like to touch on if if we may about Mm -hmm. the HSPs in terms of sensory, because you're right in terms of smells and sounds and sights and all of these things, it can also be one of those things that's extra well, just extra for, for mm-hmm. those of us who are HSPs. And in my life, I've got two examples that I can share with you really quick before I let you go into, into this deeper. But in my life, I've experienced this, for example, growing up with my mom. I remember being in the same room as her and her getting on the phone and speaking and then progressively starting to get louder and louder and me (laughs) internally cringing to the point it almost was like nails on a chalkboard not that my mom has a terrible voice she's got a beautiful voice but the loudness increased to the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I would snap and be like oh mom please for the love of Pete can you not talk this loud and she would just look at me hurt and I'm sure that it hurt her feelings and I didn't have the tools then to verbally express or explain to her exactly what was happening, but it was way too intense. That's just one mm-hmm. small example if, if people find themselves there. And then the other is reasons actually, because um, <laughs> my partner and I ordered takeout, right? And they got here and we had ordered vanilla ice cream, but it came in a uh, styrofoam cup. And I can not tell you how much I absolutely detest styrofoam. The feel okay. of it, the sound of it, the texture of it, like even the thought of it right now is making me want to jump out of my skin. So my <laughs> I did my own little twinge as you were talking. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my poor partner, I was, he was cracking up because I go, I went to take the ice cream out of the freezer not realizing it was in this death trap <laughs> of a cup. <laughs> And I take it out and I touch it and I immediately cringe and he looks at me and he's like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, isn't it? And I just looked at him like, oh my God, please, please, please take it. But like literally I ran out of the room like if I was being chased by a hyena mm-hmm. and I could hear him from my bedroom 
just moving the ice cream out of the container to put it in the cup. And the whole time it would literally like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, Ugh! and I, he came in he's like, it's done. And I just looked at him probably pale and went, oh my God, I really hated that sound. And he started laughing and he's like, honey, okay, now I think you're just, maybe it's in your head. I'm like, no, I am telling you it is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so everybody again has different thresholds for these sensitivities, right? For these different stimuli. Again, whether it's the perfume, it's the sound or the, the touch of the styrofoam, it is different for everyone. Can you work through some of it? Meaning um, it's like exposure therapy in a sense. Can you work so it's not so overwhelming? Absolutely. And it's really a choice though, too. It's like, okay, that how often does that happen? So mm-hmm. maybe, oh, it's so rare. So there's like, what are some other options you can do? I know for me, like if I vacuum, some days I am more sensitive to sound, so it'll sound really funny, but I can put in like earplugs because the vacuum is so loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with that today. And mm-hmm. so that's how I would take care of myself. So it's really starting to figure out, it's like not making that stimuli the main thing because again most of what hsp is really about that depth of processing just kind of how our brain works and we take things so deeply and think about it and we really want to do well but these other stimuli that can impact it especially if you're tired or if you're hungry or if you've been kind of going and going and going and not taking a break, you can then be more sensitive to those things. Like your threshold is just lower. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to make sure that you are truly taking care of yourself. Or if this is like the first time you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I am an HSP, take the quiz and see if these things really fit you. So like I'm looking at Dr. Elaine Aaron's quiz that she has on her website you know, you're made uncomfortable by loud noises. You startle easily. Um, you get rattled when you have to do a lot in a short amount of time. You avoid violent movies and TV shows. So all those sort of things, like you're even saying with your mom, as she got louder, if there was an intensity in her tone mm-hmm. or just the, the, the pitch of how loud it got, it can just hit a nerve in a sense, in a way that you're just like, Ooh, it makes my shoulders come up to my ears and then I don't like it. So it's like, what can you do in those moments? Do you need to kind of plug your ears? Do you need to walk out of the room for a little bit? Do you need to close your eyes, take some deep breaths and get centered again? All different kinds of things can really help you not get taken over by the stimulus. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes down to so much grace for ourselves too, because yes. we tend to be so harsh, you know, it's the yes. second this happens, you could either go very negative and, oh, why am I so weird? Or I don't know, just a, a number of self-deprecating mm-hmm. thoughts. Or like you said, we can embrace the fact that you're acknowledging the gentle observer and mm-hmm. taking note that, how wow, this is presenting itself to me. And right now I'm feeling overstimulated, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. extra can I, what can I do to help myself? In my case, it was run out of the room. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) worked. But yeah, like you said, in many other cases, it's about self care. And, and by the way, for the listeners, I do think it's important for us to note self care doesn't have to mean bath time. (laughs) Oh, correct. I hear that often. They're like, and it doesn't mean about that. No, self care is like what we're talking about, you're tuning into yourself and taking care of you, what works for you. Maybe it doesn't work for the person next to you and it doesn't matter, but what is working for you? 
Precisely. And it's a very loving act. It's mm -hmm. a way of showing up for yourself and holding space for yourself because often, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I do feel like HSPs do tend to hold more space for others than for self. Oh yeah. Because think about it. A lot of times what will happen is if you grew up in an environment where you felt very nurtured, very seen, very heard, that's, you know, healthy attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Many HSPs, though, at least those that I've worked at with, they didn't have that. They weren't, they didn't feel seen or heard, or they really grew up in like traumatic environments. So again, growing up in a traumatic environment does not make you an HSP. An HSP is something you're born, these traits you're born with. Mm -hmm. With trauma, you can work through them and overcome them and move forward. But if you've grown up where it was anxious attachment or avoidant attachment, you're more prone to really kind of taking care of everybody else versus having those healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so this is part of it when you start to understand yourself and what you need and it's turning back to, okay, yeah, I may want to go do this activity with somebody over here, but if I'm feeling already overstimulated or just worn out, am I actually going to be present with this person if I go do this thing with them because I'm already kind of just done for the day? Mm -hmm. And it may be like, hey, could we reschedule or maybe another time that I could go do it? Because like you're saying too, we're also very in tune with the environment and we can sense sometimes the mood in the room or if somebody is cold, noticing it before anybody else does because we just pick up on so much stuff. That's again, mm -hmm. the depth of the processing. Yeah. And it can become very overwhelming in a society where I feel like extroversion is the norm and yes. the praise norm on top of yeah. that. Yeah. So it's challenging. But it, and also, Nicole, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are also several different types of HSPs. Is that right? Well, yeah. So you've got the majority of HSPs are actually introverts. And then the, the, the so called minority, I think it's what, 30% are extroverts. So I know some colleagues and friends of mine who are extroverts and they just, they do things a little differently in that sense due to that preference of extroversion versus introversions. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is another kind, which is the highly sensation seekers, which I'm not as well versed in. That is more like you're kind of, you love the adrenaline, you love the thrill of things. And so you get these thrills off of things. And there's another quiz that Dr. Aaron has on her website too, to help people figure out which one they are. I know I might've been one of those much younger in life, but I'm definitely not now that I'm a little older. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like I've actually gone the other way. I feel mm -hmm. like as mm -hmm. I've gotten older and I've stepped more deeply into my own power and self-confidence, mm -hmm. I actually enjoy you know going out and dancing for the night or exploring the city and taking on an adventure maybe approaching strangers and having conversations etc but and I'll stress the but there is because I can do that and step out of my comfort zone but at the end of the day once I'm done sort of getting that experience I need to like retreat you know I need yeah. to go back mm -hmm. into my bubble and be by myself and peace and quiet. And now actually, have you seen these places where they have uh, sensory deprivation tanks? No. Oh, I, there may be another term I have heard, like floating tank tanks. Yeah, there you go. So yes. exactly. Yes. So now I'm dying to be able to go into one of those. Yeah. I've had some colleagues of mine have done it and they said it was absolutely amazing. It Ugh. sounds beautiful. 
Yeah, it's uh, so I feel like that would be something I would need to do after a weekend of extroversion and fun and and high sensation seeking HSP ish type thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, it's kind of the cherry on top of a lovely weekend. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You did all the things you experienced, you lived, you felt great. Now you you rest, and there's nothing, and there's no more sound, and there's no more noise and light and everything. (laughs) Yeah, because there are times where it becomes too much. I see it also too very often in younger kids. And I feel for them so much because I feel it's difficult as a grown up to express what this HSP life feels like and what this world mm-hmm. feels like. Um, as a kid, it would be even harder. So, do you have any tips, not just for children, but in terms of the parents, how to maybe spot it and how to help their kids with this? Yeah. So, a lot of the work that I've done in the past with families. When, if your children has a lot of, if your child has a lot of meltdowns, like all of a sudden you changed activities really quickly or they were playing and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Begin to just observe some of the th- these things that are going on with your child and see if you can reflect back. Like, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you tired? Is it too much noise? When you get in a curious place and start to ask your child these questions, a lot of times kids can articulate what is going on. It's like, yep, I just don't want to play in the sand anymore. I don't like the the texture of the sand or the feeling of the sand. Mm -hmm. Then it may be truly something for them that they're just not comfortable with. And that's fine. But finding out oftentimes I will encourage parents to even create whether their child's highly sensitive or not quiet time every day. And that quiet time could be reading a book, coloring, something along those lines where there's just no noise going on. There's no TV, no music, no nothing, just true silence. And see if your kid, when they come out the other side of that, after doing that a few days, like, are they, I want to say better behave, but be able to kind of have conversations or connect with you easier because their, their, their system is not overstimulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Because I think sometimes as grownups, when we can't understand what's going on with the little ones, we feel powerless. And I say this being an aunt, by the way, I don't have any children nor want any, but I mean, I've had plenty of nephews and nieces and I do feel, you know, when they're little and they can't fully express what's going on and they just cry, you're like, oh, oh, but so part of that right would be the self-regulation then and so sometimes you may you know open up your arms and ask if they want to hug and if they tell you no listen to that honor that Mm -hmm. if they have a special blanket or a special um, stuffed animal and they hold that that's totally fine see if they need quiet space there's a lot of things as adults, you are the words for your, especially little ones who don't have the words like you're saying, and you're reflecting back. That's called tuning in. That's how you connect. If you try to make it about you and you're like, oh, hurry up. We just got this to go on. Well, if you've, this mm-hmm. is like your fifth stop, your fifth errand, odds are your kid's going to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So you may need to take it down to one to two things that you do out and about, or you have a babysitter, another relative, be able to come over and watch your child while you run all the errands. I know that's always not, it can't be the case every time for some parents, but it's really trying to tune in like you're in a different space than your kid. And if you're not an HSP, it really can look different. Um, And they're having more meltdowns and just more uh, behavior issues because you're trying to make them into something that they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
honoring that space and learning to help them set their own boundaries as well. Because mm-hmm. as an HSP, I've found over the last couple of years, that's one of the things that I've needed most is to set boundaries for myself in a way that I can say, hey, I love you, but I can't, like, I really can't right now. I need to not be around anyone or I can't hold space for this particular issue at this moment. Can we catch up later? How, you know, I can support you in in, in other ways. So there's many different ways in which we can set boundaries around people around us and then for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that, like you said, if you've spent, you know, the whole week, go, 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 and then the weekend comes and you feel like you're about to crash and have a super intense meltdown, then honor yourself and setting the boundary of, nope, not going to go to that extra thing, not going to do this thing without taking care of myself first. And then I believe that the work can start at a younger age. Well, yeah, because then you're role modeling to your children or your nieces and nephews of what self-care looks like. Mm-hmm. Again, self-care is boundaries. Self-care is being assertive in your communication. Self-care is, you know, spending that quiet time to rejuvenate your nervous system. And then that means you're not going to be yelling as often. You're not going to lose your temper as often. You're able to connect on a much deeper level because you're not exhausted. Yeah, precisely. You won't feel like you're on empty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's super important to stave off resentment as well. Right. Right. And that goes like for your business or if you're a manager, a leader, all of those things. It's like, like you were saying earlier, you know, we're, our country is so much about busyness. It's like a badge of honor, which it really isn't. It's just a badge of exhaustion and overwhelm and burnout. Other countries have a very different philosophy where they actually honor the quietness. They honor that gentleness. They honor those sensitivities versus trying to say you need to be something that you're not. Yeah, it's the difference, I think, between forceful intent and graceful surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's also the difference, I think, between letting ourselves be, because I think, my opinion, I think HSPs have a tendency to live in anticipation. They <laughs> mm-hmm. <I> can. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's also the difference between anticipatory strain mm-hmm. and present observance. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, there's anything, right? Anxiety is all about the future. And it's the ego that likes to get involved thing of, well, we got to control this. And what about this? We should be doing this and blah, 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 <laughs> right? Which in, instills the fear where depression is staying stuck in the past. The only thing we have is this moment. So the more that you practice mindfulness, the more that you practice being in the moment, the less you really overstimulate yourself as well. And I know Dr. Aaron talks quite a bit how many HSPs, I don't know if every HSP, but I know for myself, I'm, I consider myself a fairly spiritual person and I know you are as well, mm-hmm. but it's all about, again, coming back to that present moment, having the self-compassion, having the grace to keep you grounded. Like this is your lane. This is your life. And it's not going to be the same as anybody else's. So what do you do that takes care of you and manage? How do you manage you? Because the only thing you've got control over is you. The Mm -hmm. rest of it is an illusion. Yes. Proactivity versus reactivity and remembering that you're right. Control is just an illusion that the ego likes to place in front of you to make you believe that the stories I told you in the first place were true. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And let me see if we can get into some practices, Nicole, mm-hmm. that could help not just HSPs in a moment of 
mm, over stimuli, but also just to lead more present lives, as well as maybe some tips we can give people around us. So for example, I'll just use myself again as the guinea pig here, but I, in the relationship that I've created and entered into with my new partner, I was very clear with him and, and specifically said, listen, so these are, these are the things I know about myself to be true. When these boundaries get crossed or when these moments get pushed and I'm in overwhelm, this and this is the reaction. Can we hold space for this so that when we see that, you don't feel like you're having to put up with like a melodramatic person <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm being belittled by being um, almost... Oh, yeah, almost pushed down a lot. I think a lot of times the HSPs experience this slight gaslighting mm-hmm. of, oh, you're not really feeling that. You're just exaggerating or you're just being dramatic. You're too much. You're too, mm-hmm. your muchness is showing, let's yep. say. So, yes. But that's also, right, that's part of our sensitivity. That is part of our gift. That's part of our superpower that we really can be intense. I know sometimes I will talk with colleagues and friends of mine. I'm like, okay, here comes the intensity. I mean, I can be intense in a very happy, gregarious, blissful way. (laughs) And if I'm angry or frustrated about something, I can also be really intense. And it has nothing to do with the person who's in front of me or beside me or whatever. But it's like just holding space. It's like, this is not about you in that moment. This is about the person who is feeling these feelings and knowing that our feelings are okay. So I love how you set that boundary and asserted yourself with your new partners. Like, hey, yeah, I don't want to be like, dude, you're being melodramatic or you're being too much. It's like, you bet you I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's what I'm experiencing in this moment. Exactly. Yes. And before we get into, because I, I think I got us lost. And by the way, for the listeners, that's another thing that HSPs tend to do. We start talking, we find a thread, and then that thread reminds us of something else. And we jump onto that branch. And then that branch reminds us of something else. And we go onto that branch. And then we finally make our way back. But it can take a couple of loops and turns before we, <laughs> before we yep. make it back. <laughs> so before I take us back to the original question. Uh, I love what you said about feelings because one thing that I think we all struggle with is the vulnerability of feelings and the allowing feelings to be there, even when they're uncomfortable, painful, Mm -hmm. heightened, all of that. It's important to be with them, but also to remember just because you're feeling your feelings doesn't mean you are your feelings. Exactly. Exactly. And it's remembering every emotion is just a moment in time. Mm -hmm. I don't like to necessarily say emotions are good or bad or positive or negative. You have like higher elevated emotions like bliss and um, enthusiasm and love and gratitude. Those are like higher, more highly elevated and lower elevation is those that are more constricted in the sense of sadness and fear and jealousy, but they're emotions. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. and they're in a moment in time. So you feel them and you move through them. But like what you just said too, it's like, you are not those feelings. You're not those emotions. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to remember. So just yeah. remember, make, you know, have grace for yourself, move through and into them, but don't stay in them because they yes. are not you. Yes. And uh, so again, to take us back to the original question, <laughs> the question had been some some practices or tools and techniques that both us as HSPs and the people around us can use to help us uh, inhabit this world a little bit more safely. 
Yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest things that I talk, I do myself and I talk with clients about setting your morning up that works for you. Oftentimes for those who are like high achievers and they're ambitious, they're like, okay, let's go. But what they do is they hit the snooze multiple times. They don't give them enough space to wake up with ease in the morning. There's usually a rush. Mm -hmm. Now I get, if you have little ones, this may not work for you. Some folks who have little kiddos, they, they really will get up a half hour to an hour before any family members get up just so they have their own quiet time. So you can make it where you can do a five minute meditation. You can actually go get your coffee or your tea and truly mm. just be in the moment with it. Really taste it when you're drinking it. Sit outside if you can. Watch nature if you can. Watch a tree, listen to the wind, something like that. You can do a longer meditation if you have the option. If you need to do kind of like a brain dump, you know, it's like, here's what my mind was processing all this morning or what I woke up with, just going to dump it down now. Where am I going to focus my intention today? How do I want to feel by the end of the day? And so you start to anchor yourself in those moments so that you begin to create the intentions that what you want in that day to happen. So even if you get derailed and chaos starts to happen or the tire blows out, you've started your day in more of a calmer, peaceful state. And then you can periodically do that throughout the day of just take a couple moments, take some deep breaths through your you know, belly breathing versus your upper chest breathing mm -hmm. in through your nose, out through your mouth. You can count in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold again for four. That's called box breathing. That's just one method, but that breath work really works. Some people start their morning with yoga and you can end it with yoga too, because it gets you out of your head and into your body. I call it gentle stretching works for me as well. Mm -hmm. Any of those sort of things can help you start your day on a much more grounded, embodied place. And just the world, even if all the chaos is going on around you, that's what you've got control over is you. Mm -hmm. It's that choice. And I think that word you used is perfect. And it's so important in my life, certainly as grounding mm -hmm. as not just as an HSP and a high empath and all of this other stuff, but for everyone, I think yes. if we can learn to really root down, it's going to be much easier to step into a place of cognizance and presence and observance and grace than allowing ourselves to feel very uprooted and kind of up in the air, <laughs> holding on to nothing. Yep. Because what it does is it really reminds you that even when things are challenging, painful, scary, etc., you can still settle into the space of presence and remain there and weather the storm kind of the same way as, as a tree with very deep roots would mm -hmm. right yeah yeah mm -hmm. and, I, and I like the image that you're creating too it's the both and very deeply rooted into the earth and reaching really for the sky so it's like the rootedness and the spiritual kind of elevation in a sense it's like you get to have both and not be kind yeah. of yeah floaty yeah, floaty. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. And yeah, that's a phrase that I've started to use a lot this year is the yes. And it's almost going back to, um, it's almost going back to acting class where we would do improvs. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. You weren't allowed to say no, you had to say yes. And, and I think spirit works much the same because yeah. oftentimes we still think that we still think everything has to be boxed up. Even, and even in the spiritual community, we'll talk about concepts in terms of, 
duality and creativeness and manifesting and all of this other stuff. And I think a lot of times we still get rigid in terms of, no, it's got to be like this. But really, it's about the yes and it creates, that creates fluidity, I think. Correct. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. It's removing the either or, or this is the only way that it happens. It's like, yeah, we're all unique little snowflakes, meaning literally there's no two snowflakes alike. There's no two fingerprints that are alike. So every single one of us is unique and what all the things you and I may be doing the like parallel things, but we still have our own unique way of what works for us and what we do in this world. Absolutely. And perception and embodiment. I mean, we're each yes. going to show up in a unique way. So like you and I shared at the beginning of, of the podcast, maybe we had similar calls to be of service in this format, but we each embodied it very differently. And that's mm-hmm. great. I think that that's how yes. we can be of service to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's like, that's what the world needs. Mm-hmm. We don't need more of the same, everybody being the same. That would to me be, be very boring. Yeah, and dangerous too, because then where's the creativity, right? That's the obstruction. Oh, I love that, Nicole. Oh, I am so grateful that you were able to sit with me for a little bit today and share some about the HSP world. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun. Oh, it's been such a joy. And before I let you go, two things. Number one, what words of empowerment can you leave the listeners with? Something that they can feel uplifted by? And also, where can they find you? Yeah, so I think the words that I like to use, it goes back to my value system, right? So it's embracing your creativity, embracing the freedom. And for me, freedom is your spirituality, your financial ability, your just you being you and that connection to feel deeply connected with one another. Um, yeah. In community, it's just a beautiful thing. Having other HSPs in your life is really important and they can find me at Nicole Burgesscoaching.com. And that's where all, yeah, they can find me and my podcast and all that other good stuff. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you again, Nicole. Such a joy. And I hope to have you back sometime soon. All right. Thank you. All right, everyone. That is it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that today's show was informative and that you felt uplifted by the message of grace and presence that we discussed. And if you've all of a sudden discovered that you are in fact an HSP, or if you have more questions about it, or if you want me to address it a little bit further in another episode, please email me directly info at nourishingpaths.com. Also, you know that you can reach me via Instagram at nourishing underscore paths. And please leave a review for the show on Apple Podcast. Share the love and I will talk to you again next week.